going on everybody welcome to the awesome.com nfl strategy show presented by yahoo daily fantasy sports we're back again not going anywhere this is what they ask for this is what you ask for this is what you get tuesday nfl content coming up for a wild week of games for super wild card weekend seven games sorry six games two on saturday three on sunday one on monday I'm Dave Lockren at Lafayette underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D for those of you podcast listeners out there, along with Jordan Vanek at Jordan Vanek DFS and Ben Rasa at Jazz Raz DFS double Z single Z over there on the Twitters. Ben, I was going to have us break down Saturday and Sunday, but Sunday salaries aren't, aren't out yet. So we'll save that for tomorrow. We'll, we'll talk about Saturday, some interesting games, Cincy, Las Vegas, Buffalo, New England, the third time they'll face each other this week. And we'll we'll do our best to, to get underway here and start getting into the weeds a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there are massive, massive prize pools out for even this two-game slate. So it's going to be a lot of different slates, a lot of different things we can talk about. But the one thing we know, at least, after a, a week 18 that, listen, it is what it is, but we didn't know who was playing. It, it was like a preseason. Now we get the best teams in the league all out it's a different mentality and that to me is so much more fun and so much more uh you know easier to break down and find your stands find your leverage than trying to gauge which coach is telling the truth and which coach is lying yeah exactly you don't have to really gauge that yeah. anymore uh nate asked are you guys doing another best ball show yeah uh, james brimacom and i did one yesterday for the underdog best ball postseason best ball they have the gauntlet out there, 25 to enter, uh, 200K up top, and then they had the, the mitten. So, yeah, I think we will do one more of those uh, along the way. The postseason best ball is a lot of fun along with DFS. So, yeah, I think I think we will get into that a little bit. James brought some great information to the table, and it was great to get some insight because that shit is tough, man. That strategy that goes into postseason best ball is no joke. It's entirely different than anything you're going to do. But uh, anyway, Jordan, how we feeling, man? Feeling good. I mean, uh, or are you guys uh, rooting for the tie for that Raiders Chargers game? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we, we have a group chat with some buddies of mine, and one of them's a Steelers fan. So we were all sitting there just praying, just hoping, hoping we got that tie. But people Brandon or blaming Brandon Staley for calling that timeout was like, there's three seconds left in the play clock when he did it. If he wanted to get the ball back, you would have called it when there's 40 seconds. They just gave up a 12 yard run. And I think uh, Pazach looked at it and was like, well, we could kick this field goal and play the Bengals, or we could tie it and play the Chiefs. I'd much rather play the Bengals if I'm the Raiders. Sure, and that's a good way to look at it, no doubt. I mean, it was weird, though, because they asked Derek Carr after the game if their approach changed after Staley called that timeout, and he's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Now, what does that mean? Hard to say. He also, in that same breath, which people cut out of context, is he's like, we wanted to win this game anyway, but – Yes, I was pulling for a tie. I kept tweeting about it. Like, do you know how great, Ben, an all-kneel-down overtime would have been for both of them to lock in a postseason spot? It would have been phenomenal. It would have been good, but I'm glad there wasn't a tie just because the amount of people that actually thought that there was a chance that they were actually just going to take knees the whole game disturbed me. Like, that was not a possibility <laughs> at all. No. never would have happened, so... People, people actually planning accordingly like that was a scenario was very confusing to me. Yeah, I, I joked about it. Of course. Because I, 
I wanted to because that been would be hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> but you can't do that. That there are no. rules in place. You can't just <laughs> like collude to to knock right. the team out. That's not how it works in any any scenario. No, and like, would it have been hilarious? Yeah. Would there have been some repercussions? I would imagine so. It ended up being arguably the best game of the season, though. Like. The game was awesome. Justin Herbert converted what five fourth downs and they were all like fourth and tens. Yeah, no, that last drive, I think it was like a 19 play 67 yard drive that they scored in as time expired. And that was just, that was one of the best games that I saw all year. Definitely. Nick with the super chat. Thanks. Nick said, how about them dogs on the NFL? Let's go boys. Yeah, Ben, I, I don't know much about college football. I tailed you on that. And I was, so tired last night that I passed out at 1918. And I was like, you know what? I'll wake up. I had a dream too that Alabama ended up winning by two scores. So I woke up and checked the scores. And I was pleasantly surprised that Georgia pulled away in that one. It was it was late. It took a while. It looked real, real sketchy for the first three yeah. quarters, but ended up being all right. I mean, I, I, listen, I was obviously on Georgia. Really fortunate. Uh, Alabama has two All-American wide receivers, and after the first quarter, neither of them were on that field. Mechie, of course, wasn't playing to begin with. So Georgia deserved it at the end. That you know they they made some plays, but very fluky plays on both sides. Some of those some of those big calls were just lucky bounces both ways. Obviously, I'm glad Georgia did pull it out for us, though. And entertaining, ugly game. So, are you buying into this Stetson fella? I know early in the game you no. were a little. Uh... <laughs> No, I'm not buying into him. I mean, I, I will say <laughs> his best throw was on a free play. He threw a Hail Mary and he caught the guy who made a great play on it, made the play when he needed to. I would have went to the backup. They didn't. They won the game. All credit to Georgia. Uh, obviously, cash those tickets, and that's what's most important. Well, we're happy to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. It helps us greatly here. We got to combat the YouTube overlords. You guys know, feed the algorithm around these ways, the faceless, nameless overlords that we work against daily to keep doing what we do and keep these lights on. But uh, in all seriousness, you guys do that for us. Uh, make this job a lot easier. Thank you uh, to all of you that subscribe to the channel, that, that told your friends about it, that share our content. Uh, it goes an insanely long way. So Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. Hit that thumbs up. And if you want to join here on the YouTubes, become part of the team. Get those badges, the free Super Chats each month, the shout outs, and, you know, always prioritize your questions and get the custom emojis as well. Some fun stuff involved. Go ahead and hit that join now if you want to get in on the action. All right, let's jump into this. Jordan, we'll go by position starting at quarterback. Again, only Saturday. Tomorrow we'll do Saturday and Sunday. I already talked to our, our team behind the scenes, they will have ownership ready for both of those slates, which is exciting, right? We should have all the tools already in place Wednesday for both Saturday and Sunday. I'm hoping that these sites release salaries for Sunday. I'm imagining they will, but we'll kick it off with quarterback. Um, where are you going with, with uh, okay. So the obvious answer is, yeah, I'm playing Josh Allen, right? <laughs> But you, yeah. but 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 you do have Joe Burrow, who's been spectacular. He's got a bevy of weapons and a better matchup. Uh, how close, I guess, would be a better question? Are you projecting guys like Burrow and Josh Allen this week? I have Josh Allen being a like scoring outscoring Burrow by probably five to six points personally, just because of what I saw from the first matchup with the Raiders, where Burrow wasn't really pressured. 
they didn't exactly just give him or they didn't play any crazy coverages. They let played their base defense and Burrow still wasn't able to really do much against the Raiders secondary. The Raiders have been playing really well on the defensive side of the ball outside of that crazy last game against the Chargers, who are a very talented offense. And with Burrow's knee injury, I just worry that he's not as mobile and watching how much the Raiders pressure Joe or Justin Herbert, I could expect that kind of pressure coming to him in this one. Josh Allen to me is just has that rushing upside. Like I think Derek Carr is going to end up being the better play over Burrow. Really? Okay. Just from the price perspective, and I'm assuming ownership will go much. It'll be Burrow and Allen probably in the 30s, 40s, and Carr and Mac Jones will get low, low ownership okay. in tournaments. I like it, Ben. Where are you at when it comes to? There's, I, I'll throw four quarterbacks out there, and yeah, New England and Buffalo have faced each other twice this season, every season, right? Divisional rivals, but they've really only faced each other once. If we want to be honest about it, right? you can't. Maybe you can. But I, it, the, the win game was essentially a throwaway game just based on game planning, not to mention that Buffalo's offense looks wildly different than it did back then where they were afraid to run the football. And now Devin Singletary is getting a ton of opportunities on the ground. So I, I look at it basically both of these teams have faced each other once this year with decent conditions. How are you approaching quarterback? We don't even have to go from top to bottom. There's only four of them. So it's going to be interesting because, yeah, there's only two games and they're both you know, the ones in Buffalo. So we don't know, maybe this is another game reminiscent of just the weather could be a serious factor. The other games in Cincinnati, it's not like they're above snow. So we have to keep an eye on it. I think both totals may fall all in all, knowing what we know now on a Tuesday, I think it's clear that Josh Allen is the best play. I'm exactly in line with Jordan. I know that the Raiders have adopted kind of a, a run first approach, but Derek Carr, he's going to unlock different permutations. He's in the same game, of course, with Burrow. They're six-point dogs. They have the better total. I don't think it's inconceivable that Derek Carr uh, does some things. I don't love that at times they go to Mariota for some of the rushing and whatnot. Obviously, Carr and Burrow, neither of them give you that. But to me, they're closer. I think the gap between Carr and Burrow is closer than the gap between Allen and Burrow, if that makes sense. To me, Josh Allen is far and away the best pending weather. Did you see what the high temperature is going to be in Buffalo on Saturday? No, but if it's anything like it is here right now, it's going to be freezing. Nine degrees. That's what I'm saying. That's, I mean, Josh Allen, listen, he played at Wyoming. Even in that crazy game, he was slinging it. His ability to throw the ball in the wind is ridiculous, but it's clearly a downgrade if it's that cold uh, for every quarterback. I would love to go to Wyoming. The college or just the state? No, not the. I mean, this would be a very, a very brief trip, but I would love to go to Wyoming and 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 travel there. It's a, it's a beautiful place, you know. I don't want to go up like that Wind River way where you have all the, you know, you don't know what I'm talking about. No, Jeremy, don't, don't, don't make that face, man. You never seen Wind River with Jeremy Renner? I seen really? the Hurt Locker. Yes, you know who he is. That's good. But I'm town. saying if you're not okay. Watch Wind River. Phenomenal move. Supposed okay. to take place out in Wyoming. Uh, some I don't want to go out there, but beautiful place. I'd like to see. I is is the Wyoming, Wyoming College. Are there a lot of pl good players that come out of there? Or is this just like a Josh Allen thing? It's Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're good. They're a better team than you would think. They play. We don't need to go down this tangent, but like Laramie is in extreme altitude. It's very difficult to go in there. Uh, I bet them a lot in college basketball for that same reason, but no, it's not a, 
not a dynasty program by any stretch of the imagination. What's the last? I'm a Tulsa dog says Lafayette wants to go to the Dutton Ranch. They they only go to Wyoming as a dumping ground out in that show, Tulsa dog. Jordan, who's the last good player outside of Allen to come out of Wyoming? Um, looking right now for you. They have uh, a guy. They had a safety. Tayshawn Gibson. I don't know. Who? Oh, okay. Tayshawn Gibson. He played okay. for. He played the Jaguars, right? Yeah, I know he is. Yeah. yeah, he's still in the NFL this year. He played. He started for the Bears all year. It's Gibson, right? Like with a P. Gibson. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so it's not really that it's pretty underwhelming is what you're saying that's the only other player that basically has starts for this college <laughs> wow okay it's not i mean i guess i'm oh, sorry there's there's jim kick i guess who played in the 60s with the dolphins but malcolm <laughs> floyd. you had to go back to the 60s yeah, i thought Mal- there was another guy but yeah listen, malcolm floyd not, that's it not that's, great <laughs> that's amazing uh and then what car went to fresno right yeah, Fresno State with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, yeah. Yeah, I remember they played together because they were comparing Brian – Carr was comparing Brian Edwards to to to, De, uh, to De, uh, Devontae Adams. That worked out well. But I, I, see what you, I see what you guys are saying about, about Derek Carr. I am just curious, though, like from it, – does it, does it really matter, though, the, the weather at this point? I, I honestly – I don't really care if it's not windy, if it's not – in like a blizzard, if it's just cold, does it really matter that much? I mean, it's not like New England, you know, is it, it, Foxborough is not exactly a, a warm weather place to play football anyway. So I'm not really taking this too much into consideration. I mean, for me, like, yeah, no, Josh Allen is probably where I'll go to just because I think in the playoffs they're going to let him run just as much as he was running towards that end of the year, getting 12 carries and certain things like that. But if you're picking between Burrow and Carr, I think the $1,500 in salary is a difference that I'm willing to just bet on Carr getting close or outscoring Burrow in most cases. Any interest in Mac Jones, Ben? No. I think that clearly of the two games, that's the worst one. Mac Jones doesn't present like rushing. There's really nothing I could see of why you would play him, except you know when you're talking about two games, there's only four quarterbacks. He's going to be very low owned, but I, I see no reason to throw away entries on, on Mac Jones. Oh God. Joe Burrow has been spectacular lately. I, I know really it's only has. Like, like he's, he's the real deal and he's got, he's got Jamar chase. He has T Higgins. He has Tyler Boyd, even, um, even Os- Osama who will talk about it. Tight end, a horrible tight end position. He's got weapons, man. They got a, a good running back in Joe Mixon. I guess for me, it comes down to this, Ben. And, and this is why I'm, I'm asking you just to like to encompass everything here. Josh Allen has to be the highest owned quarterback with Joe Burrow being so close in price point. Is there that possibility that maybe his ownership is considerably lower than Josh Allen? And that makes the decision a little bit easier to get more Joe Burrow in tournaments than you would have. Uh, had ownership been pretty flat across the board, or is this just a spot where you're getting away from? No, I'm not going to say I'm going to get away from him because yeah, it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's two games, and Joe Burrow, you know, is going to unlock a stack that has shown time and time again it can get there against anyone. Right. But at the same time, I still think that Josh Allen is the overall best play, and I think that Derek Carr is the easier salary relief. 
And, and again, I, I think it's not unforeseen that of the two quarterbacks in, in the Raiders Bengals game that Derek Carr uh, scores more points, whereas Mac Jones versus Josh Allen, to me, barring something completely ridiculous, Josh Allen is coming out ahead in that one. Yeah, you would think so. Do you like Buffalo? Three and a, three and a half is a tough line, but I, I like Buffalo in this game. I'm not as sold on the Patriots as their record might suggest. No, I mean, I, I, I really liked Buffalo against New England the first time. I really like Buffalo against New England the second time. Uh, I, I think Buffalo is just a significantly better team than the Patriots at this point. So do I. And I think, Jordan, one thing that really can't go overlooked is I, I know it took a while for Buffalo to pull away against the Jets, but those weird end of season spoiler divisional games like those are those are wonky. We know that. Right. They still ended up winning by by three scores. When they began to, and I know that their matchups to close out the year were, were easier, but when they began to run the football consistently, Buffalo looks like a team that no longer is going to be falling behind in games because Josh Allen might not be having his greatest performance. And that was an issue before. Yeah, I mean, if I think if Josh Allen and the Bills take a lead early on in the game and are able to make it so the Patriots have to throw a little bit more, that's where you can see just a run out where they end up beating the Patriots by two or more scores. Like, if they can stop Damian Harris and their rushing attack of the Patriots, they're going to win this game probably by 14-plus to me. And, Ben, last thing here, completely unrelated, but just thinking of divisional games, you know, you and I – and, and Jordan on this very show last week talked about how the Jags were uncompetitive at this point. I think that was your phrase. And I, I totally backed you on that. Like, there's no reason to believe otherwise. It, is that one of the worst losses you've seen in recent memory, given what was on the line, who they were facing, and how they performed? It says, not only did they lose, they got destroyed. They got like, smoked. Smoked. It wasn't like somehow some way you know fluky turnovers and they lose by three and you know they're the better team they were dismantled uh i like frank Wright. i probably I, obviously he's not going to get fired but like to lose just to lose to the raiders at home when you're winning you're in it is ridiculous but then to follow that up by losing like that to the jaguars i've never i mean this happens occasionally but not to that extent they were 17 point favorites <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, come on, man. That that's pretty bad. <laughs> They're 17 point favorite. And and that game was even worse than it appeared on the final score, Jordan, because that garbage time Pittman touchdown was meaningless. It was like two minutes left. Oh, yeah. No, it's just it's it's really funny. I'm sure you as an Eagles fan appreciated Wentz folding in the big one. That oh, it was <laughs> it was thrilling. I mean it was not be good. He it just but like the one thing about the Colts that game is it felt like nobody showed up. Like, yes, Wentz, I kind of expected some type of performance like that out of him, but the defense wasn't playing well. And then there are also some fluky plays where, like, the ball almost gets snapped over Lawrence's head. He tips it up, catches it, and just fires a dime to Marvin Jones in the corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Like, that beautiful game was play, wild. too. <laughs> yeah. Lawrence yeah. looked good that game. It was Lawrence first game was 11 for 11 to start that game. I mean, he was impressive. Do you know at the 1 p.m. games during halftime, they all hit halftime at the same time. Jake Fromm had more rushing yards than Jonathan Taylor. That's when you know things are, are bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and, and last look, we got a little bit of time here. So I- indulge me, fellas. Ben, how about Joe? I know what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, the QB <laughs> sneak? <laughs> <It's> not- 
He's I trying never... to sneak it out of his end zone in third and nine. <laughs> I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why Joe Judge still has a job, too. I'm just going for people's heads all over the place, but I've never seen a team truly like that is if you are a Seinfeld fan, there's an episode where George is trying to get fired and he's just like doing the most ridiculous shit. I've never seen a coach be like, all right, let's see what would be the dumbest thing we could do here. (laughs) They're sneaking third and nine. Yeah. uh, From their goal line. Not not in the playbook normally. And the funniest part, by the way, uh, biggest violation on my part, never seen in a full episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I've seen every episode ever of Curb Your Enthusiasm, so it doesn't really jive, right? You would love it. But never seen a full. I need to do it. I got made fun of uh, by some some family the other day for that. But family member who also thought Norm Macdonald wasn't funny. So I take nothing of what they say seriously. They're just very unserious people at this point. But uh Joe Judge last year said, Jordan, he's like, we would never not be competitive and try to win a game. We would never throw a game referring to the Eagles sitting their starters in the second half of that game that knocked the like six and eight Giants out of the playoffs. Uh, well, no, not six, seven and nine. I don't know what it, it doesn't matter. But th- he was clearly tanking that game. I mean, or like oh, Ben yeah. said, he just wants to lose his job. Did you see the report? He wants a say in who the next GM is. How could you do something? Yeah, that's a bad bad. <laughs> like this man is trying to get fired. I couldn't believe that Matt Rule and him still have jobs while Flores was let go. Not that Flores deserved to get continued being the head coach of the Dolphins, but I don't think any of them should be coaches of their teams. It's just it's embarrassing. The Giants should be embarrassed. I'm interested to see who they bring in at offensive coordinator because, you know, Jason Garrett. I'm, I'm hoping it's Adam Gase. I hope he just goes for the trifecta of trying to get fired here. I just hope Brian Flores lands a head coaching job. What a what a disgrace it was firing that guy. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought he I mean, he never won the big game. And it sucks because teams like the Panthers and Giants are sticking with Matt Rule and Joe Judge. But I'm hoping Flores goes to the Bears. I would like to see him with fields and just that. Like, they have some pieces on that defense that he can make work. Any other thoughts at quarterback for either of you guys? To me, it's it's just we'll see what ownership shakes out, weather dependent. You know, it, it's not unforeseen that one of these games totals could drop by, like, a full touchdown. If it snows, if there's crazy wind, yeah. if that's the case, you know, you're going to have a, a really odd situation where – upwards of like i don't know you could have like 75 80 percent of the qb ownership coming from one of the games and the other game is just like non-existent jordan anything else here i'll add with the raiders and their run heaviness in recent weeks they've also not really had they haven't had darren waller he played last week so you could see a little bit more throwing in this one yeah and that Chargers run defense man they looked okay at first and then they just completely imploded in the second half of that game All right, let's talk running backs. Before we do, though, uh, look, if you haven't signed up at Yahoo yet, I I say this seriously. It's not even about the fact, and this you do, you get a free month of Awesome O Plus Platinum when you sign up using the link in the description or the one that our producer Tyler is about to throw in the chat right now. Free month, $90 value, everything on the site from ownership projections, player projections, top stack tool, boom, bust tool, lineup builder, all of our tools created by Alex Baker, Awesome O himself, uh, top player out there. And they're great tools that people have used to win a lot of money. You'll see that when we do our awesome Hall of Fame segment later in the show. But 
One of the biggest things, and Ben, you touch on this all the time, and I don't know why people don't talk about it more often, is it's actually the site with the best pay structures, with the best, you know, like two extra money, even if you're min cashing, pay out 20 plus percent of the field and everything. That gets you such a long, long way in sustaining your bankroll if you're a tournament player. And that's the key. The truth of, you know, we get a ton of questions in our premium discord about like, you know, I see these huge screenshots from you guys. Like, what's the best way? The, the reality of it is in between those screenshots, you're just trying to break even and give yourself more and more chances. And a site like Yahoo, it gives you the opportunity to have a longer runway. You get more chances at that per per the dollars that you're spending because of the structure, because of the management fees. So I can't advocate strongly enough about how good that is for GPP players, because again, you're getting a chance for 100K to first. But it's not like if you don't win it, you're going to lose money automatically, which in some of these structures, the reality is if you're not taking one of the top 0.01% spots, you're probably coming in with less money than you started with because that's really all you're chasing. 100%. Check it out. Use the link in the description, the one that we just put in chat. Uh, when you sign up, you'll get a free month of Awesome Mode Plus Platinum. It's a $90 value right there anyway, if you were to just go onto our site uh, and sign up. And you get free $10 when you use the link as well in site credit over at Yahoo. They get the $75,000 NBA baller tonight, $500,000 NFL wild card baller uh, on Saturday. I mean, jump in and use all of our tools too. That's the, the biggest benefit. All of our tools have Yahoo uh, built in as well. So if you're looking at ownership or the boom bust or the top stack tool or the projections, you can use them all for, for Yahoo, which is huge. So sign up, come join us, hop in our Discord when you get that free month as well. Uh, all you have to do is enter a paid contest first and Yahoo will email us. We'll hit you up and get you set up. And if you need immediate access, you want to play, say, NBA tonight and get on this quick, if you email us at support at awesome we'll get you set up right away. We'll expedite the process. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. There's no reason not to take advantage of it. Check out Yahoo, use the link, get your free month of Awesome and use all those tools to win some money. All right, let's keep going. Running back. <clears throat> Jordan, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary. Those are your, your four starters on each team. Of course, we'll get into the Ramadre Stevensons and everything. But really, none of these teams outside of New England to an extent, and I don't necessarily know what it's going to look like in the postseason, given how good Damian Harris has played when he's getting a full workload. Uh, three of the four teams, including Buffalo now, have clear lead back situations. Yeah, and I mean, as I've you know stated about how I feel between Carr and Burrow, Joe Mixon to me is the guy that I'm obviously most intrigued with. He's best running back on the slate, and I think that bye week or that resting week this past weekend is going to help him a lot because he hasn't seen 20 carries since week 12. And when he played the Raiders the first time, he got 30 carries for 123 and two TDs. I think we're going to see them try to use that type of workload, especially with Burrow's knee, because that's still a questionable thing, because he said he could have returned to take the knee, but there's just no point of risking it. Mixon to me against the Raiders, Eckler was running really well. The Chargers just went really past that because of the game script. And then looking at Josh Jacobs, they have been really run heavy lately. I think they'll be a little bit more pass happy, so not too sure I'll get to Jacobs that much. Yeah, that's one spot where I, I am a little bit, I have some reservations there. I, I'll tell you, Ben, 
Uh, five straight weeks. You know where I'm going straight back to Devin Singletary. <laughs> I really don't see any reason not to at this point. This isn't to say I don't like Mixon or or anybody else here. That, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but New England's run defense is is not great. I mean, they've given up big games to opposing run games. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, PFF grades them out pretty well and and they're not bottom of the league. But that is one spot that teams have been able to hit them this year. And if Singletary is going to come in and get another big workload, and if he's not involved in the pass or in the run game, they'll get him more involved in the passing game as they did against New England back in week 16, where he had six targets. Um, I'll go back to the well here once again. What are you doing at the top of like top four guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, we're talking about a two game slate. So a guy like Singletary raw points even if he doesn't have that great a game he could be very very important at a position that's clearly pretty thin uh workload is there it doesn't seem like he can be phased out i i just like the spot for him obviously mixon you know he's going to be extremely popular he should be even if it snows there it shouldn't affect mixon too much they'll just give him the ball maybe even more in some regards i, I guess the question though because to me it's pretty simple to say you know i like mixon i like singletary and then Jacobs and Harris are, are solid in their own right. It's just like, how low can we go? Are we yeah. going to have to reach for these guys that are obviously second or third in the pecking order or kind of only drawing to a specific narrative? Because, you know, it, with only four teams, we, we don't have a ton of options. No. And even like a Jalen Richard, jo Josh Jacobs has been involved so much more in the passing game than he was in the past. That's tough. I, the one guy I wrote down and I, I'm not, it's not that I feel good about this, Jordan, but one guy that I did write down that might be worth considering just based on the fact that he might end up seeing five, six targets if they fall behind early to Buffalo is Brandon Bolden. It's, it's not exciting. He's not minimum salary, but I think he'll be very low owned. Uh, it's hard down here. There isn't a lot. You're probably going to be looking mostly for value at like wide receivers for the Raiders, you know, but I, I do think Bolden is one of those guys that does he, you know, does he see a, an 11 yard touchdown reception that puts him in, in, in the spot to be in the optimal. And that's what we have to look at. Like which of these cheap guys can score on a limited amount of opportunity. I think Bolden's one of those guys. It's ugly outside of that though. Oh yeah, no, I definitely like the Bolden call just because of the way I expect that game to go. Bolden has been their best receiving back since James White has gone out and when he gets in, he does get work towards the red zone. So, of course, that is. I, I think you could also, if you don't want to play Josh Jacobs at all, I know he's premier as well or gets a ton of touches and is their workhorse, but Peyton Barber has spelled him and gotten five-plus carries in the last three weeks. I don't think running back's the position I'm going to go cheap. I think I'm just going to stick to the top mainly. But if you do go down, I think Bolden and Barber are the two best options. Ben, you know, you're the one that talked about it in terms of some of these cheap guys and having to look at it, are there any that make any sense? I don't think so. And it's because there's no one that I've identified some teams, even really good teams. They have a straight pass catching back, like the, the McKissicks of the world. And it's like, okay, if the game script evolves, this guy yeah. can come. Most of these backs catch the ball. Like each one of the teams, they have a running back that if they fall behind, they're not really going to be phased out. I think the Patriots would be the one team. You yep. don't really have that with Stevenson and Harris, so maybe Bolden, but Cincinnati does. Certainly Singletary can catch the ball, and Josh Jacobs absolutely has shown this year he can do it if needed. So I think that when you're talking about wide receivers, 
there's just random guys that can always catch one long pass and get there for running backs. It's a little different. I, I think that you're, you're looking at like a, a one X return on most of these guys. I don't see any upside for the cheapies. Neither do I. It really, it's Bolden for me. And that's just in the event that they do fall behind five or six targets could be in play, but that's it. So it's tough. It's, it's really ugly there. And I, I think we'll start looking at, at wide receiver to see what we can find there. Let's go ahead and, and, and do that, by the way. Uh, hit that thumbs up, too, if you haven't done so. We got almost 200 people watching for a two-game Saturday slate, and we're doing this on Tuesday. So uh, you guys are great and appreciate you hanging with us because, well, football never sleeps, man. Not at all, Simone. At wide receiver, you've got Jamar Chase up top, Stefan Diggs. Those are your two, like, elite-level players this week, Jordan. Which one of those guys do you like more? And, and how much do you think early on, I get it, that you're going to have a both of them? Oh, yeah. No, I, I would say I lean Diggs over Chase slightly. Like, I have no problem with Jamar Chase because he's just a sleeper breaker, catches slants and goes all, like, the whole distance. The one thing against the Raiders that he won't get often is that cover one, cover zero coverage, which he has taken advantage of mostly. Like, Casey, Baltimore, both of those teams rank in the top five of playing cover one while the Raiders are in the mid-teens and play heavy cover three. So out of the two, Diggs is where I lean just because I think Allen locks onto him at certain times. And against New England in this type of game, that's who he will be targeting heavily. We saw it in week 16. He got 13 targets, which is, I think, the third highest targets he had this year. And he got seven for 85 in the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Jamar Chase is so good, though. It's, I I mean, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I'm just saying, like, from a ceiling perspective, Jamar Chase has been the guy with a higher ceiling this year. And he plays with a lot of other good wide receivers, too. It's, it's remarkable some of the type of games that you've seen out of Jamar Chase. Uh, His target share has kind of fluctuated, but in these big games against Baltimore, against Kansas City, granted, they only played him limited amount of snaps against Cleveland in week 18 to get him that record, which, you know, should have an asterisk there. But uh, I, I love both of these guys, Ben. I mean, they're both in, I wouldn't say ideal spots, but they're, they're, they're two elite receivers that in the playoffs you have to imagine are going to see uh, a significant target share. No doubt about it. I, I will say, and listen, I obviously I want to be clear when, when Jamar Chase has like eight touchdowns, I, I I don't want to hear the like, what is this guy talking about? But on a two game slate, Jamar Chase has been more relevant in like 14 game slates because when he explodes, his points are so high that he's always in the optimal in a two game slate. It doesn't matter if Jamar Chase gets 25 or 55 because he's going to be in the optimal regardless with raw points. So his upside to me isn't that important in the situation. And the guy's floor is actually not that good for an elite receiver. So in a situation like this, if he's extremely popular, and I don't know why he wouldn't be, I would rather try to fade him than a guy like Diggs. Uh, I I think that Jamar Chase, some of that upside, it just doesn't matter on a two-game slate. You're going to be playing in a pool of all the Jamar Chase teams, whether he has 30, 40, 50, 60. Again, it doesn't doesn't change on a two-game slate. Fair points from both of you. Then, Ben, what are you doing in a spot like that with that kind of reasoning with the T. Higgins uh, and a Tyler Boyd, two guys who might not be, you know, as impressive throughout the season, but have both had quality. I mean, listen, T. Higgins is an 1,100 yard receiver, and he played what 
14 games this year. He had a, a, a huge season. He came on insanely strong of late uh, towards the end of the year. And then Tyler Boyd's price point is, is down pretty considerably. He was an 800-yard guy this year with five scores and a couple big games as well. So it's not always Jamar Chase. Not at all. You can obviously go to those guys, or if there's a situation where you just say, you know what, I'm going to predict awful weather in Cincinnati, or I'm just going to get away from the passing attack, you fade them all. But clearly you have one-offs on the same team. T. Higgins on a lot of other teams would be the clear number one receiver. What about you when it comes to the rest of these uh, receivers for Cincinnati, Jordan? For me, I, T. Higgins actually ranks as the number one for Cincinnati for me, just because what like when they play teams play cover three, because I just pulled up the data on it. T. Higgins actually has the same amount of targets, more receptions, and the same amount of air yards as Jamar Chase in these games. The Raiders, that's what they do. That's who they've been all year. Like I think T. Higgins can outscore Jamar Chase in most of these games, especially against the Raiders. The first time around, I think T. Higgins was more targeted, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Chase had, <clears throat> yeah, Chase had three for 32 and a touchdown, while Boyd had six for 49. Like, none of these guys really popped against the Raiders when they first played, even though they scored 32 points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mixon had that big game, too. I think he scored yeah. twice, right? So, yeah, there is that. But there's a, a – I guess, too, when you, you look at Las Vegas – you have Hunter Renfro, Jordan, obviously somebody that even though the Chargers really did what they could to take him out of that game, he still found the end zone twice, uh, didn't do anything otherwise, like 13 total yards. But I, 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 I'm telling you right now, you have to be looking at, at somebody like Zay Jones at this point. Very high target share over the last one-plus months. Uh, you know, ever since, ever, ever since the disaster – that we saw with um, God, I can't remember his name right now. The what the hell was his name? What the hell was the car? What's that? Rugs. Thank you, Henry Rugs. Yeah, the third. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with with Rugs and, and and Brian Edwards has been you know pretty infrequently involved. <laughs> I mean, Zay Jones is in a spot where if he pulls another seven to nine targets and he's getting red zone targets, he's viable. Even Brian Edwards, it's gross, but. Like Brian Edwards is is insanely cheap, and even in the it's weird on these Saturday these two game slates because we've seen Vegas on a couple short slates this year. For some reason, these kind of secondary options for the Raiders don't get a lot of love. But even with and I know Darren Waller's back, so I I get that you guys don't need to tell me that Waller's back. Understandably so, but I still think Zay Jones is one of those guys at his price point that we have to be giving some attention to. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the Zay Jones thing. And the cool, like the thing about Zay Jones that has been really good is he gets the short targets too. Like for DraftKings, yep. he's had five receptions or more in every game since week 12, except for the set 15 to 17 point loss against the, uh, Washington. Like that's numbers that is consistency and he's priced at 4K, which allows some salary relief. And like the only thing that I am concerned with is ownership because I want to see how owned Gabe Davis is. DraftKings dropped his price coming off of a 14 target game. Not too certain why they did that, but it's he's 3,900. And then you got some of the cheaper like Aguilar and Edwards and Jackson. You can all make the big play. It's just, they're not, they're not going to get more than three or four targets. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun Jackson was entirely uninvolved last week, played only 10 snap or 10% of snaps. Uh, But yeah, Ben and Jordan mentioned it. It, Well, first of all, we have to see if Emmanuel Sanders is going to play. I I do think that's significant. I don't think that makes Gabriel Davis irrelevant because Sanders has kind of been, you know, fading into obscurity lately anyway, but Davis had four was targeted 14 times in week 18. He's clearly involved. If you remember in that game, that win game against the, the Patriots, Gabe Davis had that one up the seam touchdown, and then Allen targeted him again on the same one. He almost had two touchdowns there. So, uh, yeah, kind of an interesting play here. What do you make of, of, of all of these cheaper wide receivers? Because you already said you don't see value at running back. Yeah, this is where you got to go. It's not easy, but these guys have opportunities. I think anyone, you know, Zay Jones, certainly Davis, but even guys that have struggled like Edwards, for the Raiders, he's going to have opportunities. They may be fleeting. They may be sporadic, but he could contribute, certainly find the end zone. And, and then we'll have to see, you know, personnel wise. I, I don't think you can really get them, but I, I swear to God that Isaiah McKenzie every week on red zone, they go to the bills and he scores, <laughs> but then you look and he like barely plays. But I, I feel like that guy low key has a million touchdowns this year. Obviously that's not the case. He but, has one. Yeah. I mean, don't don't you remember? Oh, Isaiah McKenzie on like a reverse every yeah, week. It, it's all him. the time. I, I yeah, I remember that vividly, and I also remember like showdown slates where he'd always find yeah. a way on that one for twelve or something. Or like you said, yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But these but. are the guys. I mean, this these price points are are very appealing relative to the running backs. So. I, I will take my chances down here. You're going to see a lot of bad performances, but there will be at least a guy or two, uh, you know, in the three or four K range at wide receiver that that certainly get involved this week. Where are you at on the New England receivers? The Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, again, I, I think they have to be considered. I don't like the spot by any stretch, but that doesn't, you know, not liking the spot on a two game slate doesn't really matter. It's not like a larger slate. So someone like Bourne and Myers, particularly if you think, Singletary and the Bills have success. Mike Jones is going to have to try to make plays. And Jacoby Myers, the knock on him is he doesn't score. But as we've talked about a lot, there's nothing that would prevent him from scoring at a normal rate. It's just bad variance. He's a tall red zone target receiver. He can obviously score. And he's starting to do that a little more. But at flat five, I think that's the weird gap. It's a $1,200 gap between him and Higgins. Where else are you at, Jordan, on, on wide receivers? Anyone we haven't touched on yet? Uh, I mean, I, I like Bourne a lot. And I guess, I mean, the big play with Nelson Aguilar, like he, if the Patriots are going to possibly push the ball downfield, um, he's had some deep targets this year. But the receiver position, it feels like there's Jacoby Myers, Tyler Boyd, uh, Cole Beasley, Zay Jones. All these guys seem to have a lot of high floors for just targets and posi- like receptions which is just an interesting way to build on this league. Ben, are you betting the Africa Cup of Nations? So Comoros, which most people don't even know is a country, has gotten into the African Cup of Nations for the first time. And I was excited to see them. I have not bet the games. I saw the Senegal game yesterday. Uh, It's just a matter of time, though. How do you compartmentalize all this stuff? What does that mean? I compartmentalize it by not knowing what that compartmentalize means. <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, like you do a lot of sports, right? And, and you do, you bet on a lot of sports that you don't talk about doing. Con- you don't, you don't do content on a lot of that stuff. Not, you know not what I mean? for the 
Comoros uh, soccer team now. Right, I just mean you have an odd, you, you have a, an odd memory. You're you're able to compartmentalize stuff. You can put like Africa Cup of Nations back here. You can, put, <laughs> like, you're you're very good at. I mean, you're the same guy that knows the capital to every country in the world. It's just it's including it's interesting how your brain works. That's true. You know. Yeah, I mean, some of it's a math problem. Some sports, you know, I I know in depth the Africa Cup of Nations. Do I know it in depth? Obviously not. Have I seen enough where there are certain games? That I think that you can make a position on, yeah, uh, definitely. Who was the team that hadn't scored a goal in like twelve years? Well, that's in that's in. Uh, I know San Marino. Yeah, what was the pro- what was the stat? They got problems. Yeah, I mean they don't. I mean it's like the best player is like a mailman. That's not a joke. <laughs> like that's they don't. True, right? Yeah, they don't. You know, and they're poor. They have to play in the World Cup qualifiers against like they draw like Belgium, and it's like, well, this is just not fair i just remember we were in we were in times square and i met you at the hotel and you're like all right let me get this bet in i was like who are you betting again yeah they're usually getting like seven eight goals yeah <laughs> which you know all right well let me tell you if you got any cup of uh i'll, I'll let Nations you know action. i'll let you know tight ends oh wait real quick let me uh let me induct a couple people do we have a do we have an updated hall of fame tyler we should right yeah we do okay we took all our Millie makers off, which is disappointing, but it, it makes sense. We had them up there for a year. There was also somebody in our discord. Adam mentioned to me that there was somebody in our discord that didn't have the awesome avatar, but was in the awesome discord that won the Millie on Sunday, one of the Millies on Sunday. So that's awesome. Wish we could have found that. Wish he was rocking the avatar, but that's cool. If you haven't done so yet, download the avatar at awesome.com slash avatar. And when you win, place top three in a field of 5,000 or more. Well, we'll tweet. Uh, we will give you a free month of Awesomeo Plus Platinum. All you got to do is tweet us at Awesomeo HOF. Of course, include, include Jordan, Ben, myself. We like to see all that stuff when you end up taking that win down. And uh, catch some some love on Twitter. Get inducted here. The shout out and the free month. It's just a, it's a win, win, win around here. Just like it's Jay. Third place, $4,000 in the fadeaway. Not first, but I had a chance. Thank you, Awesomeo. That's a big one right there. And then you got EJ, Eric King, King Damon. Thanks, guys, for your great work and help navigating DFS. Kind of second place. Thanks again. And by the way, it doesn't matter how much you win. It doesn't matter if you're entering with a nickel or, or a dime, if it's top three in a field of 5,000 or more, um, which this isn't. But like I said, we'll still shout you out if you are proud of the win. Making the most out of $37. Tennis is back $1,000. Sweet, man. Yeah, we got uh, tennis action as well. We got tennis content projections, all that good stuff. Our boy shit my money, 70K in the afternoon only rush, second place, taking down another one. Fellow's been on a heater. And then speaking of mega heater, Jordan Lockhart dipping his toes into the PGA space, $20,000, first place, 67K signature hall. Congrats to Jordan as well. And to all of you guys, welcome to the Hall of Fame. If you've already been here, welcome back. Use that uh, avatar. Tweet us at AwesomeOHOF and get up on here and get some love. Get that free month as well. All right, let's do it. Tight ends, Ben, or Jordan, sorry. Really ugly position. By my estimation, you have like maybe four guys that are that are very viable and then kind of one or two other guys that you're hoping for an end zone target and that's it. I mean, I don't hate this position as much as uh, it seems like it seems like you do. And it's because of just 
the touchdown upside with them as well. But like CJ Ozuma against the Raiders, the Raiders are one of the worst teams against tight ends. And then with Darren Waller, like his price is 5,700. And in his first game back, he got nine targets. Like I know he's still banged up and he may not be 100%, but on this type of slate, he's only, his price is under 6K and just well worth it against Cincinnati. No, no. I don't, I don't, I don't hate those guys at all. Like I mentioned, uh, Usama earlier in the show. I actually think he's a very good play. Uh, you make good points on Darren Waller too. I mean, he was clearly rusty, did not look good, but nine targets, you'll take it. Clearly got involved uh, early and often in that one, despite an underwhelming game. It's guys like Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry that drive me nuts, Ben, because like Knox absolutely needs to score. If Knox doesn't score at that price point, you are pretty much locking in an underwhelming game. And you can say the exact same thing for Hunter Henry, right? No. Yeah. I mean, Dawson Knox has nine touchdowns this year. That's, and he's missed some time. It's, it's pretty crazy how much he's relied on that. And to see him, I'm not saying it's wrong, but like him and Waller to me, shouldn't be that close in price point. I understand why they are. I just, more often than not, when Dawson Knox has a big game, it, it's to the detriment of, of me and my lineups because I'm not going to probably pay that. I'd rather go way down or just go and get Waller. And D- Dawson Knox has one game above eight fantasy points in, in games where he hasn't scored this year. But I, it's probably a little unfair to, for me to say that because most of these tight ends need to score. Uh, I, I guess the difference is, Ben, at this point, and... Uh, maybe you'll have a different opinion. It, how much different really at this point is CJ Usama and, and Dawson Knox? Yeah. I mean, the thing about Dawson Knox also, it, it's a tale of almost three different seasons. He was three K range for four games. Then he was in the four K range for six games. And then he was in the five K range for five games. So like, the, the quote-unquote Dawson Knox needs to fall in the end zone, that works a lot better when he's 3,600. Like, right. even if he scores here, it's not a guarantee that he provides you a, a, a ton of value. Obviously, it's going to help immensely, but he's a significant tag relative to this range, and I think you're spot on. CJ was almost $1,600 less, and that's a giant gap. Right, and they both have a bunch of weapons. It's not like, you know, it's not like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Boyd uh, aren't comparable to to what Josh Allen has in Buffalo. Like, yeah, maybe Beasley's not as as sexy of a play or Gabe Davis or Emmanuel Sanders if, if he's out there, obviously Stefan Diggs, but they still have a lot of guys that they can move the ball to. So uh, from a target share standpoint, I don't anticipate Knox being far more involved. The, the truth is, Jordan, like, if I'm, I'm probably just paying up for Waller if I'm going above 5K. Now we're just waiting on what ownership looks like to see how chalky he is. Yeah, I mean, I think with the tight end position this week, you like flexing it is where I might even lean just because the receivers, yes, they have some safe floors over there, but these guys have a higher ability to score touchdowns. Um, Like Hunter Henry and Dawson Knox, like I think if the Bills and Patriots get in the red zone, we could see some pretty high usage from both of them. Um, Waller, obviously, is Waller, like he's capable of doing it. And with this position, the only annoyance is, is like Johnny Smith and Foster Moreau, not that they're going to take much away from them. These two guys can be utilized on some uh, sneaky plays where like they had a play action 
Foster Moreau leaks out of the backfield against the Chargers wide open, just ends up getting 50 receiving yards in that game. Like those types of plays can happen for both of these guys. I guess the last question for both of you fellas is, is there anybody else? Like Moreau played 61% of snaps. He had a, a season high 41 yard or 44 yard reception, but he's, he's not going to be that involved going forward, especially once Waller gets worked in more. And then like a Janu Smith, do you hope that he gets into the end zone, Ben? Is, is there anybody else here? I don't think so. Um, to me, I would rather double up on two tight ends who are both like real players than take a, a punt to separate. You can do things with lineup construction, whether you leave money on the table or just play a weird combination rather than being like, I need to find this guy at the stone min to be different on a two game slate. I think that's a, an off based idea. For sure. We got free content too today. NBA player rankings, totally free. PGA top golfers, NHL player projections, everything, all of that's free over at Osmo. Uh, but if you were looking to sign up and get access to everything that we have on the site from not just football, but basketball, hockey, PGA is back, uh, esports, UFC, you name it, tennis, everything, use the promo code NFL Strategy Show, all one word, all caps, get you 25% off your first week of Osmo Plus Platinum. That's literally everything on the site. All these tools built by Osimo himself. Uh, so check it out if you'd like to do that. Or if you want to come in uh, and do it a little differently, NFL uh, Express Pass is $3.95 a week. It's, it's a really, really good value. But I would suggest waiting until you get closer. Like I would do it on Saturday, right? Because if you do it on Saturday, then you're going to get a full week of it for $3.95 because all of our showdown tools, the the, the ownership, the top plays tool that when you ask someone like Neil Orfield, what have you done to, to win so much in, owner, or in, in showdown? He's like, I use, the, I use that tool. I use the boom bust tool and I use the top plays tool, which gives you, well, you'll see it. But for $3.95, you get all the showdown content, all of those tools, including a lot of other main slate stuff. But I would suggest doing it on Saturday. So then you get, then you get a full week and you get some, some, uh, not wild card, but then you get some divisional rounds uh, games as well. And you know, there's going to be huge showdown slates that you can take advantage of. So NFL strategy show 25% off your first week of awesome plus platinum or wait a couple of days, get in on the express pass three ninety five a week. If you're looking to, to go a little bit lighter for just football. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up with this fellas. There's really not much here, but defenses and there's only four of them, bills, Bengals, Patriots, Raiders, not a whole lot to talk about at this point. Is this been just kind of a, this is what I did on the, on the afternoon slate. I just went as low as I could to the dolphins thinking, you know what? Okay. Dolphins at home. Patriots ended up having two defensive touchdowns. And sometimes you just get lucky. Yeah. Basically every time with defense yeah. is just about you just have to get lucky. You just have to get lucky. It doesn't matter. There's probably going to be weather and snow and things like that. I, I truly don't care who I play. I would play all four of these defenses confidently, even against my own quarterback if I have to. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think like Buffalo is probably the best on paper, but could be Cincy, could be New England, could be – it doesn't really matter, Jordan. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Defenses and two-game slates aren't – like the touchdown's going to probably make or break if you come in first or not, but I, I don't think it's detrimental to your lineup if you play the Patriots and they only get you three. And like Ben said, too, playing guys against your defense, it, this is not something you want to avoid. Yeah, it doesn't on, matter. Nah, it doesn't matter. Ain't full-out onslaught against them. <laughs> might, 
it can work. It's not recommended, it but it still can work because if, well, if can, your defense scores, yeah, you got to score once or twice, <laughs> right? Or or if all the defenses just aren't good, right? Like if all the defenses yeah. finish with one or three fantasy points, then it makes no difference either, and you're getting to the cheapest one. But it shouldn't be that hard to avoid it because, like the Bengals, Patriots, and Raiders are four hundred dollars separated from each other, so you're probably going to find a way to get away from doing that. But anyway, that'll do it for us. Follow Jordan at Jordan Vanek DFS, Ben at Jazzrise DFS. You got some, P- dude, it's crazy. PJ ends and then you're doing content two days later for it. You got more of that coming down the pike today? One o'clock Eastern, me and Jason Roslin, PJ Strategy Show on this very same channel. And I'm going to pass it back to you. We had a super chat about when is the follow-up best ball show? Do you do we have a date for that yet? Or is it just stay tuned? No, but James and I, I'm trying to get some mock drafts and we didn't have it set up uh, like, there was some miscommunication with the overlays and everything and screen sharing for, for all that. So we're going to do it uh, this week. Stay tuned. I would definitely like to get into some of those as well. It's a lot of fun. Jordan, what do you got coming up? No more college, no more college no, football. No, no more college football is a sad day as an Alabama fan, but uh, Saturday we got there. We're going to be breaking down the live before lock and got Sakova with me. And I believe someone else, but we got some great shows up coming and I'm excited for playoff football. These games actually mean something. Yes, they do. And uh, obviously, NBA Deeper Dive live before lock tonight. Remember, free NBA player rankings over at Awesome So hang with us. So much coming up here on the channel, as it always is, over at the Awesome Odds channel, too. You'll want to check that out for everything we got going on there coming up for the NFL playoffs. We'll catch you back here very shortly, fellas. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. Peace.